Today's thoughts are about the importance of nodding your head when you're listening to someone, a gesture which I call the ack or the acknowledgement. This podcast is a rough around the edges attempt at exploring my mind in hopes that it might inspire you to explore yours. My name is Fontaine, and this is Fox in Thought. The first time someone typed ack to me in a chat, I was at work and I was wondering if I had said something that grossed them out or maybe scared them. I read it as ugh or ah. It sounded automatopoetic as if it was a sound that had just been released from that person. It certainly felt negative. So I asked, what's wrong? And he said, it's short for acknowledged. I looked it up and apparently the term ack is useful for when someone says something that doesn't require a response, but the listener wants to let the speaker know that they received the message. So in this example, this guy was letting me know that he had seen my note. Now, I find the dynamics of a good conversation to be infinitely complex and interesting. I would love to do a deeper dive into some point as to what the elements are that make up a conversation. But to start, today, I'm going to tackle the simple but very critical element of communication that is the ACK, or the acknowledgement. It's the equivalent of message received. In physical life, the ACK is the head nod when you're talking to someone. So if I'm sharing the story of my day with my housemate and she's nodding her head and maybe bringing in a or two, what she's doing is acknowledging to me that she's hearing me. Listening itself is a complex area that involves many facets, but the acknowledgement of what someone says is one of the key factors of listening. In the episode called Facing Truth on what it means for something to be true, I discussed the thought exercise of if a tree falls in the forest and no one is around to hear it, doesn't make a sound. That thought exercise is originally looking at whether a sound is a sound only if a person hears it. Often when we communicate, we are wanting someone to hear what we are saying. Let's pretend that you and I are in a physical conversation and I'm listening to you. When I nod my head or audibly go, mmm, that serves multiple purposes. On one hand, those indicate to you, the speaker, that I'm listening. But they are also subconscious reactions to when I understand what you're saying. I've actually noticed that even when on phone calls with someone, I'll often nod my head when I understand them or agree, even though they can't see it. So the act is an indication to oneself of understanding as well as a signal to the speaker that their message is received. Often this kind of thing is subconscious behavior, but as I've gotten more interested and passionate about communication, I will do it consciously as well. I often I ensure to nod my head or say, hmm, to let another person know I'm listening to them. 
Or if I'm over a video conference and there's a lot of people on the call, sometimes I will hold up a thumbs up to indicate to the speaker, yep, I heard you, without having to turn on my audio. The acknowledgement isn't just important for etiquette's sake, but it's also important for building trust. When in a conversation, especially if I'm working on a project with somebody or like if I'm trying to communicate with a housemate about getting ready for a party that we're hosting, we are working towards the same goal. And I know that it's important that we collaborate and that we're not competing. So each time I nod my head, I send them an indicator, we are on the same team. This is one thing I actually do often to try to break the pattern that people often fall into of trying to be right. So often people approach conversations in a me versus you situation, as if we were competing to win the conversation. I find this sort of discussion pointless and often unpleasant. So I'll try to break that pattern early on by letting the other person know when I agree with them. In the practice of improv, which is a form of theater where participants are literally making it up as they go, there's an important philosophy called yes and. The idea is to acknowledge what someone says and then build on it. So the yes is the acknowledgement. The and is the building. Two years ago, I brought an improv coach to my team at work because we were having some serious communication issues. The leaders on the team, including me, were regularly butting heads. And to be honest, it was the most miserable time of my professional career. Do you remember Bowser, the main antagonist in Nintendo's Mario franchise? Well, I felt like we were a team full of Bowsers. Everyone had big spiked shells on, and it was impossible to get anything done as a group. By bringing a coach in, I wanted to show the team that communication can be collaborative and constructive, and it didn't just have to be about being right. So we had the three-hour improv session with the coach, and the next day we debriefed. I asked, what did y'all think? Several of the leaders shared how much they hated it. Yes, and is stupid, one said. It's so shallow, and it's artificially forcing us to agree with one another. We should stay as far away from yes and as possible. My heart sank because I was personally getting to my last straw on the team, and I couldn't, if I couldn't get us to agree on a simple communication philosophy, there's no way we would be able to do anything. I tried to draw attention to the fact that yes is actually an acknowledgement, not an agreement. It doesn't mean, yes, I agree with everything you said. It means, yes, I heard you and I understand what you said. Once that ack is there, it can disarm the person because they know that they've been heard. The older I get, the more I realize people just want to be heard. I want to be heard. And if someone disagrees with me, I don't mind. As long as they tell me that they've heard what I say, they understand what I'm trying to say, and they can provide a reason why they disagree. I actually love that because it shows that they listened well enough to internalize it and then provide a thoughtful challenge. At work, I often call this the dance. It's that back and forth you have when people have different perspectives. It's the tension I talked about in partner dancing that extends so beautifully to relationships off the dance floor.
A thoughtful challenge absolutely follows the yes and pattern by acknowledging my idea and then going on to tell me about a better one. It's funny, when people approach conversations trying to be right and to prove me wrong, it's often because they want me to perceive them as smart. But whenever I encounter that, I often kind of leave thinking that that person was a bit of an idiot. If their focus was only to be right when we're trying to build something together. Whereas if somebody acknowledges my argument and goes on to provide a better alternative, I think they're way smarter. One of the best ways to ask someone is to repeat what they say back to them in your own words. I am generally frustrated by people's lack of skill when it comes to conversation and communication, but I get especially frustrated at my work at a big tech company. I spend all day talking to people from different cultures literally all over the world. Yesterday alone, for work, I talked to someone in London, Zurich, Sweden, New York, California, Sydney, and Japan. And that's just where they physically are. It's not even where they're from. I probably talked to people who were born in 20 different countries yesterday, And because it's different times of the day with different accents, and then you'll have a meeting of eight or nine people, and the conversations can often just become chaos. So to deal with this, I often exaggerate in my communication. If someone's off on a monologue about how they think we should do something, I might sometimes ask, hey, is it okay if I repeat back to you what you're saying so that I can confirm that I'm hearing you correctly? It causes a pause in the conversation, and it can be a good way to check in with each other in a friendly way. They're actually usually grateful, and they'll be like, uh, yeah, sure. And then, of course, I attempt to summarize what they just told me. Now, this is a massive, obvious act on my part. But I want them to know I'm trying to listen to you. I ask them, is it okay if I do this? I don't tell them I'm going to do this because really I want them to acknowledge that I'm acknowledging their idea. So it's like this back and forth signaling. In addition to that, I actually do want to confirm that I understand, but I want them to understand that I understand so that they have trust in me. It's like that old game we used to play. I know that you know that I know. So it's redundant, but it's also crystal clear that we have a common understanding. Often in meetings, if only a couple of people are talking, certain voices dominate, and it's hard to know if people are actually hearing what they're saying. That's one of the many reasons that I hate phones in meetings. Given my role on the team, I'm often the one presenting. Perhaps presenting what the team has done to our leaders or conveying some information that leadership has given me to pass down. So, I'm an information conduit in a lot of ways. It's not just that I want someone to pay attention to me, but rather I've been explicitly asked to get a piece of information to a different audience. So especially if my goal is to communicate a piece of information, and I'm not getting feedback that people are understanding, it can be maddening. 
I don't know if you've ever spoken to a room full of people who aren't acknowledging your presence when you talk, but it's terrifying. It's worse than speaking to an empty room. When they don't acknowledge you, they ignore you. And they are subtly sending the message, you don't matter. Since I've been in this position quite a few times, now when I'm on the listening side of the equation, I will try to go above and beyond to look someone in the eye and let them know, you matter. Sometimes we might also actively seek an acknowledgement when we slip things into our conversation like, does that make sense? Or do you know what I mean? We are actively pausing to have the listener confirm that they acknowledge what we are saying. Even computers use acts when transferring data. If you've ever heard of a response code or getting a 200, that's basically one computer telling another computer, I heard you, or okay. Everything I talked about so far is in face-to-face communication, but naturally, ACK extends into digital life. One of the most interesting ways that it shows up is in WhatsApp or iMessage. So in both of those, read receipts are turned on by default. So it's this little indicator to shows up that shows up to confirm that a person has seen the message, not just that the device has received the message. Now, in some ways, the read receipt can be calming. It's good to have confirmation that somebody received our message. But that blue check mark has also sent people into existential spirals. If you send a message, let's say a vulnerable, vulnerable message to someone you like, and you can see that they saw it, and then they don't respond, you can really start to question yourself. You are waiting because the ball is in their court, and it's there at the top of my messages every time you open up my phone. And honestly, if you say something vulnerable in person and somebody ignores it, it would be awkward, but then the moment's gone and it doesn't really matter. But when that bit of vulnerability is recorded and at the top of your text thread and at the top of their text thread, you can feel a little powerless. One time, a guy I was seeing texted me, what are you doing tonight? And I cheekily responded, you, hopefully. When I sent that message, I felt so empowered and clever, and I couldn't wait to see his response. An hour later, I could see that he had seen it. Six, 12 hours went by, and I still didn't hear back. I was so embarrassed and angry at myself for putting myself out there like that. So it's funny, it wasn't actually the content itself which made me regret sending the text. It was the fact that he didn't acknowledge it. It made me feel ashamed and vulnerable, and that relatively harmless text is one of the reasons I'm very wary about putting myself in a vulnerable position in any recorded form. That's in one-to-one communication digitally, but acting applies on Facebook as well. The most common and obvious act is the like button on Facebook, and basically any form of affirming things across our social platforms. It could be starring something on Twitter, hearting it on Instagram, clapping on Medium, 
I'll do a full episode on Facebook reactions at some point, but what I find frustrating is there's no simple way to just acknowledge. Maybe there should be a head nod emoji. Like means approve or I agree. But often, I just want to say, I see you, but not necessarily, I agree with you. When do you crave acknowledgement? And are there certain situations that you consciously try to acknowledge someone else? Mm-hmm.